He, what is it? It's twelve oh four there, right? I guess it's time for drinking. Get yeah, it's, it's close enough. It's close so, to lunch. Lunch break. Yeah, there fortunately it's nine a.m. here, so unless I'm going to put coffee, whiskey in my coffee, I'll right. have to. Ah, might as well. Yeah. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Get 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. And here we are again with another episode of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast. My name's Kenny. Today, we have Nino Marchetti. Uh, he is the editor-in-chief, the CEO, whatever, of thewhiskeywash.com. And we'll talk about more about the Whiskey Wash here in a second. Today, we're coming to you from... My house. Uh, we're sitting here sipping on some of my bourbon. I got Ryan here house. with me. Yeah, my new house. So no, it's so new that uh, we're actually sitting in some chairs on a console table, uh, staring at a TV-less wall and a messed-up couch and all kinds of things because everything's just still in uh, chaos around here for me. Yeah, our studio sucks, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, we're making it happen. We, it's coming along. The house looks good, though. I'm, I'm liking what y'all have done here, so... Well, maybe maybe if we blow up big enough, we'll do like a whole Taylor Swift thing. You know how she invited <laughs> right. like ten of her biggest fans to her house to you Get know a Cribs like, episode here, yeah, something like that for sure. Yeah, and I figured you know while we're uh, while I had Brian over here to record this, figured we pop open uh, one of the newest bottles that was just released. So I have in my hands right here a bottle of uh, Kentucky Owl batch number two. Bottle uh, eight eight one, uh, and we've had some sips of it, pretty good. Uh, and I actually I think it's it's pretty good for what it is you know there's a lot of people that i would say give it a little bit of a, uh, a hard time uh, i'd say a very hard time because you know who who is this you know they're an ndp i'd never heard them before they don't have a brand they don't have any kind of history um but you know even for a source, source bourbon that is 
going for a high price tag, uh, even for this one bottle out the door uh, here at a local liquor barn, it was $181 after tax. So it uh, was not cheap by any means, but uh, I think it's it's not a bad one to add to the collection if you can if you can spare a few dollars here and there. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty good. I, one cool thing about it's kind of like Willits, you know, they have those, you know, a lot of their stuff sourced that you get now, and they have they select very short, uh, not very many barrels, I guess. So they're picking like the finest of the finest. So even though it's sourced, it's still like really good product, and so I'm really pleased with. I bought a bottle. I hadn't opened it yet, so I'm glad you let me try yours. So now I know to keep mine. <laughs> yeah, but, it's uh, always it's always the science experiment. Like, who who can you try first before right. I figure it out? But it's really worth uh, cracking that open so I can't get rid of it. We got some, you know, falls coming, so we're just the releases are starting to hit here in Kentucky, and we got stuff coming out all the time, so we're excited about that. The Parkers, I think, hit today. I'm going to try to get that down, down yeah. in Bardstown. Somebody's got to run out to Bardstown today and go stand in lines, and then I know Old Forester Birthday Bourbon hit as well, and some of the bigger liquor stores are maybe getting it tomorrow, maybe getting it next week, so who knows. So we've it's starting to get exciting back here in Kentucky for bourbon after a, a, a long uh, summer's break. And It's exciting until you show up in line and there's like 100 people in front of you, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just to kind of talk about that, even uh, this, this past weekend, there was the Old Forester Birthday uh, release for one liquor store here in town, and they had 66 bottles. And they said at Saturday morning they were going to start releasing them at 9 a.m. I think at 7 a.m. they had close to 100 people already in line. So it just kind of goes to show you that uh, the demand around here in Kentucky, especially in Louisville, is just astronomical. Um, it's 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 starting to kind of really show how hard it is to to get something. I'm I'm almost dreading what it's going to be like for the rest of the season. Normally, you know, like with the antique collection stuff, you'd, you'd have to wait in line, but there might be like 15, 20 people. Now there's hundreds, and so it's just getting tougher and tougher. But it makes it the chase more fun and rewarding, I guess, when you get a bottle. But. Yeah. Definitely wish it was like the old days. (laughs) So with that, let's go ahead and start on with the show. So today we have Nino Marchetti. Uh, He is the, I don't know, you could say master, editor-in-chief, the the, the CEO, whatever, of thewhiskeywash.com. And we'll talk about more about the Whiskey Wash here in a second. So Nino, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on today, guys. Appreciate it. So let's talk a a little bit about... uh, just quickly kind of give us a quick overview of the Whiskey Wash, and then we'll, we'll kind of talk a, a little bit more about it. Sure. So the Whiskey Wash is a news and information website on the whiskey lifestyle. And basically what we're doing is reporting on everything from new whiskey releases to interviews with folks in the whiskey space. And when I speak whiskey, I'm talking on a worldwide level, whether it's awesome Kentucky bourbon or scotch or some of the craft guys here in the U.S., we do reviews and uh, write about accessory products, among other things. Well, cool. So one of the things that uh, we're proud to announce today is that, uh, you know, we've been talking to Nino uh, here in the past couple of weeks, and we're actually going to start a, a partnership here kind of going forward and kind of see how it works out. So uh, one of the things that you're going to start seeing a little bit differently on the show is that some of the episodes that we're going to be pushing out, uh, you know, we're going to. Uh, be able to put a, a quick little advert and blurb there for the whiskey wash and uh, be able to help drive traffic to his site and uh, and vice versa start looking for some some podcast episodes that start showing up on some some articles over there so we're definitely uh, happy to uh, begin this begin this journey together and uh, you know help build two successful brands out of it Seth definitely the same from here you know we have been looking to get into the podcast space for a bit and what we figured would work best for us starting out would be partnering with an awesome podcast that was already established. 
And I've been listening to you guys for a bit through my iPhone when I'm driving to and from my office. I am streaming the podcast and I've been really impressed by the interviews you guys have been doing and the fun and light attitudes you've had with the folks you've been talking about and covering the bourbon story there in Kentucky. There's just so many tales to tell. And uh, yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to working with you guys and featuring your podcast on the Whiskey Wash and working together to uh, promote the whiskey lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, awesome. yeah, with that, I mean, we're, we're lucky that we do live here in Kentucky, so we are at, at ground zero for bourbon, if you will. So, I mean, it, it would just make sense that that's the, uh, that's the spirit that we try to try to promote as best we can because we're, we're surrounded by it. But, yeah, I mean, so who knows here in the future, we might, might get some red breast or whomever to, to kind of come on and talk to us. So we'll, we might expand out in the, the, the whiskey world if we, if we run out of folks here talking about bourbon. I can't imagine you're going to run out of people to talk about bourbon in Kentucky. Yeah, it's not a short list by any means. Yeah, no. I imagine you could probably do a couple hundred podcasts and still be like, hey, there's some guy in X town that wants to talk about bourbon. Let's go interview him. Right. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of – you're talking about stories. So how? tell us your story. How did you like – get involved in bourbon or whiskey like what was your first experience with it so i've been a whiskey collector for a few years i live in portland oregon and sort of the backstory there is that i've been drinking craft beer for quite a while portland's sort of the epicenter for craft beer in the u.s we have hipsters hipsters and hipsters oh tell me about it the thing i like about oregon though at least one of the few times i've been to portland i mean you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a brewery i mean (laughs) it's it's, there's one on every single block and you know i love my porters and stouts and that the great thing about being there they're always in stock they're always in season uh versus when you come here in louisville uh if it's summertime good luck trying to find a porter or a stout on draft anywhere you know i think at the last count we had something like oh here we go there were the last count there were 61 breweries in portland alone and an additional 30 in the outlying suburbs for a total of 91 breweries in the greater portland area so uh, and none of them seem to go out of business everybody loves their craft beer so you know, I'm drinking that, started getting into uh, barrel-aged beers, stuff that's been aged in bourbon barrels, and that kind of got me thinking, hmm, I wonder how the bourbon would taste against the beer. So I started tasting the two of them together and was like, oh, this is pretty good. So I started drinking bourbon. Boilermakers. Oh, God. I remember those from college, man. That was not a fun oh, time. God. I started drinking bourbon uh, away from the beer, and that was a couple years back, and Started collecting a few bottles here and there and getting into other types of world whiskey like a scotch or what have you. But bourbon sort of continues to be my one of my main passions. And, yeah, I've just got a big collection of Kentucky whiskey uh, both <laughs> here at home and also at a storage site. And, uh, a storage you know, just, site? Oh, my, wow. my lord. So you're telling me you got like a, you got an off-site bunker or something like that? Uh, padlock? Yeah, up? well, I live in a small apartment, so I... The size of my whiskey collection doesn't allow fitting into the apartment at this time, so I kind of keep it stored off-site. I'm a bit of a whiskey collector in addition to a uh, writer, so I guess you could call me a whiskey geek overall. Hashtag whiskey problems. (laughs) Pretty much. Not complaining. You know, I'm just looking at my whiskey collection right now from across the room, and I've got the IW Harper 15, the Blade & Bow 22. I've got a Woodford Reserve sitting over there, a few other bottlings 
So, you know, and it varies night to night what I like drinking. Sometimes it's bourbon, sometimes it's scotch, but mostly bourbon. And uh, enjoy. You must like twigs. Stuff coming out of Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) You've said that 10 times on these shows. Yeah. Ryan's not the biggest fan of, of scotch all the time. So. I know. <laughs> it depends on the mood, you know. It really just depends on the mood. Well, me. it sounds like it sounds like we could have a hoarder's episode whiskey edition with you or something like that right. at some uh, point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no comment. Yeah. So, so I guess let's talk a little bit more about the site. Um, so, talk about some of the articles that 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 you guys have that you kind of uh, feature because you know. I, I visit it quite regularly, and it seems like you always have a ton of new content coming out every single day. It's not like one of those uh, regular blogging sites out there where it's one person doing it, and there's a new article by him or her um, you know, every other week or something like that. But, I mean, it's, it's a constant rotating of, of information. So kind of give us some information about um, you know, what, you're, what you're doing. So the focus of the Whiskey Wash is basically to sort of look at the way – whiskey magazines have been publishing and bring that into the online space again covering things on more of a global level so you know part of our coverage on a daily basis is bourbon it's sometimes other whiskeys of the world as accessories and there's just so much information out there to report on that we have plenty of stories to be able to uh, potentially write about so the site's been around for a little over a year as a full-time venture. I started it as a hobby blog just to see you know, if there was interest in folks reading about whiskey content on a larger scale like that. And definitely there has been. And at this point, you know, I've got quite a large group of folks that have come on board to contribute writing with us. I have a couple of people there out of Kentucky that are contributing stories. I have a large group of uh, folks here in Portland that are doing whiskey reviews for the site and with that we're reviewing everything from bourbon to craft etc i've got a couple other folks that are covering whiskey in other parts of the country sort of writing about what's in their backyard so i mean there's just a lot of whiskey stories out there to tell tales about let's let's talk about some of the writers because i know one we've actually had on the show before yes maggie kimbrell is a uh, we call her our bourbon country editor at large <laughs> and basically i had come across her over social media she's a very active uh twitter person as we all know especially talking about things with bourbon and some of the writing she'd already done so we started talking offline and uh chatted with her and decided to bring her on to be sort of our first kentucky focused writer and she's been writing with us now for, I think, about two months, maybe three months. And she's been contributing some great stories that have really uh, resounded well with our readers. Um, one story she had done recently, which talked about high-proof bourbon, was one of the most popular stories on the site for a while. She's interviewed some of the whiskey legends like Jim Rutledge. She just did a piece that's trending right now about the old Taylor distillery and sort of the rebirth that's going on there. So she's definitely got a lot of things that she's got stories to be able to tell. And then joining her on the Kentucky side is Steve Coombs. He's another local writer there. Um, He's focusing a lot on lifestyle writing, doing whiskey reviews and some other types of pieces. And then he is first piece that he had published with us recently was uh, something pairing bourbon and country ham. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's two I, good things. I, I've I've heard a saying before that says, "Always buy your bourbon from Kentucky and always buy your hams from Virginia." So, how how well did that go well with the article? 
it went well. People responded to it great. And, uh, you know, the pictures, I'm just looking at the article right now, uh, definitely make you hungry and wanting for bourbon at the same time. Uh, it's, you know, it, the thing about bourbon that he particularly points out in his piece, and then I have another writer who pairs food and whiskey all the time, is that it is quite possible to pair whiskey and food and get good flavor profiles out of both. So have you guys done a, a whiskey, maybe the Pop-Tarts edition? To kind of figure kind of what's the... <laughs> Not yet, but I appreciate <laughs> the story idea, and I will get someone on that one. Someone, tells me, some, someone tells me brown cinnamon's going to be near the top of that one. <laughs> Probably, I would imagine, yes. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. So, I mean, uh, you talked about Maggie's uh, had a pretty popular article. I mean, are there any other, uh, what are some of the other more popular articles that you you constantly see uh, more hits of, of people coming back to the site to read about? We have been working with a search engine called Wine Searcher, and we've been promoting a list of their most trending and most expensive bourbons and whiskeys. And so two of the most popular articles on the site on a regular basis are 50 of the most expensive whiskeys in the world. Hint, it is mostly scotch and 20 of the most expensive bourbons in the good old USA. Those tend to be ones that trend most constant on the site. I think people are curious to know, you know, which bourbon in particular is being the most expensive out there. And obviously we know the answer to that one without even having to uh, give the formal name of it. So, right. (laughs) Yeah. So those kind of buying articles are popular. Um, Another thing that's popular on the site right now, we just put up something 
the other day about the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection 2015, What to Know, and folks have been coming through and reading that a lot. And then Steve did a review for us the other day of the Elmer T. Lee bourbon. Well, that's been getting pretty good response as well. So, you know, as far as bourbon articles in particular go, people like to read a lot about reviews and they like to read a lot about lifestyle pieces, sort of, you know, what are things I can do there in Kentucky or, you know, what can I pair bourbon with, what have you. So, and in fact, bourbon in general is our most popular whiskey category amongst the different ones we have in large part that reflects the fact that we're an American-based website and most of our traffic comes from the eastern seaboard. So a lot of folks are wanting to know about, you know, what's going on there in Kentucky. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because, I mean, I know scotch, even scotch trading, as you kind of talked about earlier, is it's still a pretty big thing. Um, so, I mean, do you, do you kind of see you guys almost shifting to be, I know you want to stay, uh, have a, have a, a, a playing field that's pretty level amongst all the different kinds of spirits, but I mean, uh, do you kind of see more of an influx of saying like, okay, we see more people are, uh, reading about bourbon right now. Do we need to start, uh, you know, cranking out more stories about that? Or is there, uh, an inkling to kind of say like, well, maybe we can, we can drive up some traffic for the, for the scotch drinkers out there. When we write articles, a lot of it's dependent upon the information that we have available to us to write stories on. Because obviously, we're not just going to write stuff out of thin air and make up things. But oh, when come we look on. at that's what, that's oh, what come on, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing with uh, being an American-based website here in the U.S., a lot of the information we have more readily available to us is about bourbon in American whiskey, including rye. You know, a lot of the Scotch releases uh, obviously are starting over in Europe and we just don't have as much access to all the information and sometimes even when we do we'll pass on a particular story because given our more American focused readership and we know the fact that that particular scotch will probably never come here to the US we probably will pass on writing about it unless it's a particular one that stands out for some reason like there was one the other day we wrote about it is a 75 year old scotch that I believe there are just a hundred bottles being made available of, and the price point was something like I think thirty five thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, it's like couch cushion it's, money. It's yeah, yeah it was. Gordon <laughs> and McFowl Mortlock seventy five year old whiskey, and actually that was a very popular article on our site for a bit. I think just because people were like amazed at the price point and the oh, fact yeah. that it's presented in a hand blown. Decanter, yeah. The price point was around thirty thousand. That's that's a that's a BuzzFeed title right there. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure that would attract a lot of people. I mean, I don't know. I I, I find it hard to the stomach to spend thirty five grand on a on a on a whiskey or a, or a scotch. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's it's always funny because when we talk to a lot of people, and the same story comes up over and over and over when you talk to these distillers, and they say. Uh, the prime age for a good bourbon is anywhere between 8 to 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, anything after that, it loses uh, characters and all that sort of stuff. So when I think like, oh, it's been sitting, it, you know, they made it and then they put it into a bourbon barrel and it's been sitting there for 75 years. It's like what what possible kind of combinations of something uh, could it actually have? And not only that is um, – you know, even with the story about this year's Buffalo Trace Antique Collection release of mm-hmm. George T. Stagg losing eighty to eighty-four percent of its uh, its its yield to evaporation, like something that sits there for yeah. seventy-five years. I mean, what's what's the evaporation? Well, it's not as hot as there as it is here. Yeah, I would think so. But <laughs> well, you know, they, well, they only ended up with, like I said, I think about a hundred bottles. 
mm-hmm. and that was from one single cask. So even given the cooler evaporation rate there, you're looking at still a significant loss of whiskey, right? I mean, basically, they put that one particular cask with fresh new-make spirit in it, I believe, back in 1939. <laughs> yeah, And that's, then, that's basically, ago. the fam- one family nurtured that particular cask for several generations before they cracked it open, I believe, earlier this year. But yeah, I mean, with something that old, obviously your rate of evaporation even in the colder Scottish environment is going to be pretty high. But then again, you know, $30,000 a bottle, I think they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, I would say so. one bottle recruits their cost. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's easily probably enough of, of having it sit somewhere in, in grandpa's house or his attic just sitting there waiting to, to be open or whatever. But I, if I was even thinking like 75 years, like, oh, hell, why not just wait another 25 and have a 100-year-old one? Yeah. No, I suppose putting it another way, you know, if we think the average bottle of Pappy Van Winkle is, you know, about 1,500 average, that's like, you know, 20 bottles of 23-year-old Pappy, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go. <laughs> there's there's my justification, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. So how are you going to spend your 30000 right? Yeah, right. I, yeah I'm, I'm sure my wife would not appreciate that one. No, my, my yeah, it's about sixty dollars bottles, not much <laughs> less thirty thousand. If I came home with a thirty thousand dollars bottle of whiskey, I would be uh, later curl up with it sleeping outside. So, yeah, there you go. something like that. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit more about the site. Uh, you know, some of the other uh, articles that that kind of gain a lot of uh, attraction and popularity. Um, you know, is one of the other things you kind of mentioned about was reviews. Um, mm-hmm. So in regards to reviews, uh, you said Sean did a few of them. Um, so where do the, the, the these kind of people come? Like their walks of life. Like what makes them a uh, review worthy, yeah, review worthy person that that somebody's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to trust this person's uh, knowledge uh, palette. Yeah, sure. So uh, a gentleman like Steve Coombs there in Kentucky, or some of the other folks that uh, I end up having doing reviews for me, you know, they come from different walks of life. Um, when I look at someone to review whiskey for the site. I don't necessarily look at their hardcore whiskey writing credentials and say, okay, you've been writing for XYZ publications and that makes you a qualified whiskey reviewer. I'm looking for someone who has a good sense of their tasting palate, knows how to write, and is passionate about whiskey. Um, The reviews we have, I try to think of them more as sort of the common man reviews. It's like, okay, you know, if I sat down with... uh, Karen Moonen, who's a writer for our site, uh, who does whiskey reviews, if I sat down with her at a bar and I looked at her and said, tell me what you think of the whiskey, she would talk to me in a way that I understand versus sort of these very elaborate kind of, you know, tasting notes that are spun sometimes by some uh, review systems where you're like, "Uh, I'll never get that out of there. How did you, how'd you get marshmallow pop tart or something (laughs) and fresh cut grass and tires right yeah right yeah so you know i mean i want people who you know if a very established whiskey reviewer came along and said yeah i want to write for you etc i'd sure that'd be great but when i'm looking for folks that are writing reviews for us i'm looking for folks that are passionate about whiskey who drink whiskey themselves who can write and then you know we can kind of work on building their experience from there yeah, I mean, I've always kind of looked at it. Uh, at least, you know, I don't, I don't do reviews because I guess 
my imagination's not there enough um, yeah. to sit there and smell something and taste something and then be like, oh, yeah, I guess I do like get a sense of licorice or oak or honey or vanilla or caramel. Uh, but it, when I first taste it, I'm like, yeah, it tastes like bourbon. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit different than this one over here. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah that's – but no, it's always good to kind of get uh, perspectives from people that – um, actually know what they're doing uh, that can then influence the, the, the market to go either buy a bottle or not buy a bottle sure. or, or anything yeah. like that. But but even with that, even if somebody's doing a, a review on Elmer T. Lee, uh, I, I don't think that's going to stop anybody from going out and buying a bottle because that's it's one of the, the best bargain bourbons out there if you can find it. And it's always right. a, a staple to even have on your shelf. Yeah, and one thing I like about reviews too is like like you said, my mind are we're not very creative. We're like, oh, it tastes like bourbon. But <laughs> when I do read a review and they say that they notice this, I'll kind of see myself. Yeah, you're right. You do kind of notice that, so it kind of makes you look for it and appreciate it even more. Agreed. You know, and one of our reviewers, uh, Tish, she is also a uh, chef, so she has a lot of pairing knowledge. So the things I like with the reviews we do is, you know, I'll give my reviewers a lot of leeway to sort of write in their own voice. Uh, They sort of all follow a certain format of nose, palate, finish, and a score. But so like Tish, for example, she'll often, you know, say, here's what I think of the whiskey and here's some food I think pairs well with it. So some of our readers have responded really well to the fact that, okay, she just reviewed, you know, a bourbon and this bourbon goes well as a, you know, with like chicken or something like that. So a, a chipotle burrito with steak or guacamole or something, right? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we actually are currently reviewing a um, chili whiskey here out of Oregon. So wait for the review back from my reviewer. It's a chipotle whiskey from a young distillery that's also a well-established brewery. So I'll be curious to see what their thoughts are on that particular one. Yeah, it's it's interesting because even out there in Portland, um, it's surprising enough that there are – I mean there are whiskey uh, distilleries all around the U.S. Um, yes. And also some uh, – you know, you can you can be a bourbon and not be from Kentucky. Um, but it's <laughs> – it, as much as it's to our chagrin, right? That right. we don't want to, we don't want to right. say it. But you know, it's true. It's true. Sure. By by law, you can, but not to be Kentucky and, straight for sure. And you will be surprised when maybe you've had this experience yourself with your with your podcast. But the number of folks that we have to get in discussions with in our comments on specific articles or on our social media about the fact that bourbon does not come from just Kentucky. Um, granted, I think it's like 95% of the bourbon comes from uh, your guys' great state, you know, but there are some great craft bourbons out there as well. But it's interesting because a lot of folks are like, bourbon only comes from Kentucky. <laughs> and then you'll be like, well, no, you know, bourbon does come from California or, you know, Idaho or places like that. And then we'll get a follow up comment that's like, well, only great bourbon comes from Kentucky. So like, okay, well, and that's true. That no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Maybe you got that. Point, no. So. no, I mean it, it's it's definitely true uh, that 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 is that not all bourbon does come from Kentucky, um, but 95% of the world's uh, uh, supply does. But with good good reason. I mean, we did have a little bit of a head start on on everybody yeah. else in the industry. So we've got uh, you definitely. know, there's actually if you go there's a there's a store here on Market Street. I can't remember the name of it, but if you go in, they've got T-shirts, and it says there are more barrels of bourbon aging in Kentucky than there are people, and yes. it's 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 one of the the, the small little known facts of, about Kentucky. Right, 
and the Distillers Association there in Kentucky is really good about putting out factoids on bourbon, you know, with that being one of the ones that they always emphasize. Uh, we did a thing on the fact that it's Bourbon Heritage Month there in Kentucky right now. And that was a pretty popular article, you know, and in that piece they were talking about how, you know, bourbon is like a $3 million economic engine for your state and there are more than 5.3 million bourbon barrels resting Kentucky warehouses for the first time since 1975 and that you had close to 628,000 visitors there in your state last year uh, visiting the distilleries along the bourbon trail. So, you know, there's definitely bourbon is made in many other places in the U.S., there's no doubt, but the heart of bourbon is easily there in Kentucky. And Mm -hmm. I think most people who drink bourbon recognize that. You know, I certainly, when I came to visit Kentucky earlier this year for the bourbon affair, you know, you're like, okay, I'm immersed in the bourbon culture here. And I think that's part of what makes the difference. You know, I lived in California for a long time. So I used to go up to the Napa Valley for wine. And when you're up there, you're like, oh, I'm in the wine country because everything around you is wine. When you're there in Kentucky, everything around you is bourbon, whether it's the rolling hills or the, you know, the the springs that you guys have for the limestone filtering or the horses, you're like, yes, okay, I'm definitely on my way to Woodford Reserve. I'm definitely visiting the wild turkey distillery. It's just a whole nother level of experience. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you've been able to, to see some of the great things out of our state and be able to visit because it's definitely one of the uh, the things I know of a lot of our listeners have, have talked about. Even somebody that wrote a review on the last one, they said because of this podcast, they've actually came and uh, did a, a, a tour of some of the distilleries and stuff like that because they started to appreciate more of the heritage and, and the history that's actually behind it all. Yeah, sure. it's, it's nice to hang our hat on some. Most people outside of Kentucky think we're just a bunch of redneck and hicks. Well, so fried fried chicken, right? Right, and fried chicken. <laughs> nice. So it's like you know, it, it definitely gives us something to be proud about, and the horses and so forth too. But sure, you know, we talked about your collections earlier, so I'll I'll, I'll pose a question to you. So your your apartment's on fire, and you've got one bottle to grab. What's that bottle? And let's 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 put the, a picture that. Everything that's in your outside bunker that's padlocked is all inside your apartment. So what's the what's the one that you grab? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, can we take like fifteen different takes on this? So I could just give you a different one to choose. <laughs> you know, I have to say, probably my Blade and Bow twenty two year. Oh, that's right surprising. Now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know that one hasn't gotten the best reviews from some of the writers out there. But I'm just really enjoying the flavor profile of that. And I am a fan of bottle design. That's kind of a sucker for that. And mm-hmm. I just think it's a beautiful bottle design. But I just think it's a good taste in whiskey. So I would probably grab that and run if I had to grab one particular bottle. And it won the, like, the best neat bourbon, didn't it? In the, I, the San Francisco competition? I believe it did. I think Fred Minnick had written about that yeah. a while ago. And I think he was surprised among others at that you know because you talked earlier about that whole sort of like what is that window for that perfect bourbon right and obviously the blade and bow 22 year is well outside of that but for whatever particular reason this one stands out from some of the other older bourbons bourbons it doesn't taste quite as wooded i think as some of the other ones i've had in that age range well i'll wait for ryan to go out and buy a bottle and i'll take a sip of his (laughs) now (laughs) nice well, Nino, thank you again for, for joining us on the show today. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, so we'll have to have you come back again soon. 
thanks for having me on, guys. Great. So as we announced earlier, we're going to have a partnership. So you'll you'll hear some adverts and some blurbs coming in. Uh, so some shows that are coming up. Uh, but if you could, you know, always write reviews on iTunes. We love seeing the feedback. Uh, also, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at Bourbon Pursuit. There's also we got our our Facebook page. You can like us there as well if you want to kind of get some of the the updates that we put on Instagram and Twitter into your newsfeed, as well as all the the latest podcast release will be in there as well. Yeah, thanks again, Nino. Appreciate your time, and uh, just want to encourage our listeners to go to the Whiskey Wash. It is a really good source for all information on bourbon and whiskeys in general. So with reviews, everything I've been really impressed with the site since we've hooked up with Nino. So uh, definitely y'all need to check that out. And uh, we appreciate y'all listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.